Okay, uh, back uh, after a uh, little technical break there, it's uh, Matt Shoulders, Coach Bob Segerson, Limeland Hoops in History, presented by Westgate Entertainment Center. This uh, will be the second portion of the uh, podcast today, uh, season two of Limeland Hoops in History. We're talking Lima Senior LCC. I was just sharing, Coach, that you know I saw Lima Senior play uh, against Finley. They looked great. They had lost 10 seniors from last year. And um, I, I really like them. I'm guessing you haven't seen them yet, but uh, I would tell you that uh, really like Kalir uh, Luster as the uh, the point guard for Lima Senior, and then just all the ancillary pieces. I, I heard Jason Geyser say that he had talked to Quincy Simpson and that he had said that uh, he really loved this team, that they really came to get after it, and they really were uh, fun to be around, energetic, and uh, always uh, willing to do all those things. And sometimes... With uh, all the great players, that isn't always the case. Sometimes it's the case. Uh, But uh, he really enjoys this team, and they looked great against a Finley team that they've had, you know, their battles with over the uh, uh, the last couple of decades. So I I would tell you that uh, February 6th, uh, the LCC Lima Senior game, which will be played at Lima Senior this year, uh, should be a good one. But I would favor Lima Senior just because of the experience uh, that they have. What are your thoughts on uh, the, uh, the matchup this year? Well, I, I've watched senior. I play on a couple of games on TV. You yeah. know that that way. Sure. Very impressive. People talk about the great coaching jobs. Shawnee's undefeated. OG's only lost one game. You know, there's some really great coaching. I think the best coaching job in the area so far this year has been Quincy Simpson. Hmm. Uh, losing that many kids and only having one guy back with real experience and to be playing at the level they're at because they've had issues with COVID beyond the normal. I mean, they've been shut down several times and. They just keep coming back. You know, as a coach, you look back at your teams, and sometimes the most successful teams weren't the most fun to coach. Mm. And, uh, and and sometimes you get teams that you just kind of fall in love with. And I think that's kind of what's happened with Quincy in this case. He's done a great job, and he loves these guys because these guys play like he played. Yeah. He was, I mean, they're full tilt. They play hard. They never give up. Uh, they don't complain. You know, they just get it done. So this – you know, as good as that team was last year and as good as the team that he had several years ago with his son who played for a state championship game, this may be the best coaching he's ever done. And uh, I'm just uh, really impressed. And they're typical Lima senior high team, hmm. very typical. We talk about over the years, the 36 games they played against LCC up, up until this point. If, if you could put the, uh, you know, a, a label on senior high, they're athletic, they're quick. They play with passion. They score a lot of points off defense. They'll kill you on the offensive boards if you're not boxing out. You know, that type of a team. This team kind of personifies what I kind of would picture as a Lima Spartan basketball team. They're going to get after you. Yeah. And, uh, they, and, and he's done a great job with them. So I this will be a tough game for LCC, but LCC will get up. You know, they. it's amazing as I look at this list of, of, the, of all the times they've played senior high. Um, many of those games, obviously senior high's won 24 and, and LCC's won 12, but many of those games have been one and two and three points. It is incredible how close some of these scores are. Yeah. And so you never can, you know, pick a winner. You know, you, got, you just don't know what's going to happen in these games. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Frank Cl- Kills Club uh, has... Uh, had a, a good year, especially for a young team. They're they're at times playing three freshmen, 
Um, the the the, the uh, ultimate uh, starting freshman was uh, Demar Foster, who uh, had started at point guard for the uh, for the year to start the year off, and then uh, in comes uh, Billy Burke, who is a uh, is a freshman, and then sometimes off the bench Carson Parker, who uh, those three coming off a, a really talented eighth grade team, and then you put in uh, the captain Rossi Moore. Uh, and uh, uh, Unruh, who is the junior. So you got one senior out there, and then you have Unruh, and I know that uh, uh, Stolly is a uh, contributor, but what is your uh, description of LCC this year, and how do you think that uh, they match up against Lima Senior? I think LCC's overachieved, too. I really do. I don't think people, obviously, they beat uh, a really good Ottawa team, Ottawa Landorf at, you know, at, Ottawa Glendorf, they, yes. they, they beat Wapak uh, just the other night. Um, I think they've kind of overachieved. I think Rossi Moore has become more of a basketball player where last year he was just an athlete. But to me, the key to that basketball team is on, I mean, number 14. Yeah, and that Unreal. kid, is, he is a competitor. I mean, he comes to play the game. He doesn't back down. And I think when he's on, you know, when he can get his stroke, obviously, if, if if Moore does too, but I, I think Gunder is a big key to that basketball team. Uh, the key for LCC against Lima Senior High is going to be two things. Number one, how are they going to handle that pressure? Yeah. You know, can the guards and get through that pressure and get into some kind of a semblance of an offense? Because Senior High has always been great at disrupting what you try to do in the half court. So many times when we played Senior High, I really wouldn't run a lot of offense. I keep the court spread. And then, you know, have players just take them one-on-one and look for the open guy to get double-teamed if you can get past them, which is a big thing. The other thing that was always my number one key, and you may remember this, I always wrote on the board was rebounding. If you can limit Lima Senior High to one shot, and if they make it fine, if they miss it, if you can get the rebound, you can be in the game with the Spartans. But if you let them get a rebound, they're usually under the basket, they're going to put it back in. Then they can set their press. Then they can start their pressure. So the key for me has always been, from the time I first started coaching and even watching them play, uh, I always thought that offensive rebounding, limiting their offensive rebound, was the number one stat in every game I've ever watched. Yeah, well, well said. Um, It'll be a tall task uh, handling that pressure, those those keys, and rebounding because that's not LCC strength either that uh, is in the paint. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. That's February 6th uh, at Lima Senior. Let's hope it goes off. Uh, it's been postponed uh, at least once uh, and kind of rescheduled uh, twice. So LCC and Lima Senior, the 2021 edition, February 6th, the night before, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl. Uh, you mentioned LCC and Lima Senior sharing a floor. One other team uh, in our lifetime, or at least one, has shared the floor at Lima Senior, that old gymnasium, uh, and that was the uh, the Ohio Mixers, uh, which was a CBA team back in 1982 and 83. They had two seasons here uh, that uh, the Sawyer family brought the uh, Ohio Mixers to Lima, and there was some great basketball that happened. What what is your uh, recollection and uh, mem- memories of the Mixers? There was a lot of fun and uh, somewhat. Uh, there was somewhat comedy, and then there was uh, some great basketball that happened. Yeah, I, 
some of the best memories of my coaching career surround the mixers and anybody who was around in that era, the mid, early to mid-1980s when they were around. I think they were only here for a couple of years. Uh, we're about the mixers, and, and we were close to that situation, as you know, because we used to practice on Wednesday nights at Lima Senior High. We got one practice a week there, and the mixers would come in after us to either practice, but mostly to play games. So we had many practices where the mixers were sitting in the stands watching us practice, and then we would go in, get dressed, and come out and watch them play a game or watch them practice. And so we, we knew a lot of these players, and people don't understand if the Lima had a G League team. At the time, it was called CBA, but it was the NBA minor leagues, just like the G League is today. Yeah. Lima had a fan base, and they brought in some great, great, great players, many of whom had flaws, or they would have been in the NBA. A couple of them rose and had pretty good careers in the NBA, but many of them were coming down. They were on their way down. Yeah. And uh, I was close to them because I was asked to, to help out a little bit as a trainer almost a, a couple of times to come in and tape their ankles because they didn't have one. And these guys were just so happy that somebody would come in and do their ankles. But I was always struck there were some real sad stories there too, Matt, because uh, these guys had nowhere to go. You know, basketball, you know, they had not degreed. You know, they'd had a good college career, got drafted. Some of them had stuck with an NBA team for a year or two, but many of them were still trying to get back into the NBA. And if it wasn't going to be that, they had to go back home you know, to wherever they were from, and they didn't have degrees a lot of them. Yeah. So this was desperation time, trying to make the, the, the mixers, and they would do anything. And uh, I remember watching a couple players play through terrible injuries that they could not take the time to, this is when they were trying out for the mixers in the first year. And yeah. They were practicing a lot at the branch at that time. That's right. And, and they... I just remember saying to one of them, a big guy that his knee, I could hear it crunch when he ran, and he, and he was, and he said, "No, I got to do this. I got to do this." I said, "No, man, you you need to get off of that. You know, get some get some treatment for that." He goes, "I can't." He said, "I'm trying to make this team. I have no place else to go." Yeah. And and so you you saw some of that, but there were characters on the yeah. on, on the mixers, funny character, funny stories that. There is no way I could tell on a, you know, unless I was sitting around a table, you know, in a private setting, you know, drinking a beer with a bunch of people, I could tell some of those stories, but I can't. And uh, they just were <laughs> a lot of fun to be around. There were also some great players, just tremendous players, great people, yeah. not, you know, very, very down to earth, solid uh, people that uh, that I admired a great deal. And, and when the, they play games, the games were amazing. Yeah. I mean, because you were watching the best basketball that ever played on that court. I mean, these guys were all a step from the NBA, and some of them had been in the NBA and was rise to the NBA. And so for me, just to sit back and watch the talent that ran up and down that floor was just like a gift. And to this day, when everybody, anybody ever mentions the mixtures, I just get a smile on my face. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was lucky enough. The Sawyers were uh, really good friends of our family, and we lived a couple doors from – um, Adelaide Sawyer, who was uh, really the, uh, the the principal owner, and uh, so I volunteered at any at any time I could uh, to take stats, to do the 24 second clock. I think it was a 24 second clock at the time, and uh, all kinds of things. I would do whatever it would take uh, just to be around it. Uh, my 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 most uh, interesting moment that I am allowed to talk about uh, is uh, 
the CBA, the Continental Basketball Association, had a rule that you had to have a doctor on every team bench um, uh, for the home team had to provide. And uh, there wasn't a doctor that had showed up for that game. And uh, they were scrambling and scrambling. And, uh, you know, Dave Boyle, our good friend, thought he saw an eye doctor in the crowd. And uh, somebody said, oh, no, that's not him. And they finally found, they called up, there was a veterinarian that came and he sat on the bench, and that was uh, that was the doctor. That was the doctor for the game. Was a vet. Uh, so, uh, but just some beautiful stories. You know, Kevin Figaro to me was the best player that that I ever saw. Uh, Dwight Anderson was the fastest and most um, just uh, energetic, uh, electric player that could go coast to coast. He played at Kentucky and USC, and he played in a All Star game with Lawrence Stubblefield, who played. Uh, for Lima Central Catholic down in Troy. And for some reason, my brothers uh, took me down there with uh, Tony Wilkerson, a local councilman now, uh, to that game. They played the uh, Soviet Union uh, traveling team at the time. And it was Lawrence Stubblefield and Dwight Anderson, and they played at like Hobart Arena. And uh, I remember, and then I saw Dwight Anderson, but he he was there – the uh, oh the guy that played with uh, Magic Johnson at the uh, the Lakers the little point guard uh, uh, from Wisconsin I'm I'm drawing a blank here uh, but John Pannone from Villanova Dwayne Scales LSU Mad uh, uh, Bad News Barnes who was a Charlie real Chris. character I'm sorry Charlie Chris I, I think he yeah. played for him. Uh, uh, you know uh, there was uh, 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 Billy Ray Bates. Uh, but just some, just, a, just a, a, just a great two years. It couldn't be better for me because, you know, that was right in my sophomore, junior year of high school, and we were playing on that same floor, so I was all around. And so I'll always be grateful to the Mixers. Um, another great player who's probably all around that same time uh, was uh, Radar Williamson, Greg Williamson, who you just wrote a column about. I just wanted to share with the audience a, a few of your columns here. Uh, that you've recently done. Uh, how would you describe Greg Radar Williamson? Well, I, I wrote that column just to kind of uh, give some sunshine on Radar because he's been an impact of youth basketball and in this community selflessly. And uh, he wanted me to name a lot of different people. You know, he's very modest. And uh, he wanted me to fill that column up with about 20 more names of people who helped along the way. But this was not about everybody else. I wanted it to be about Radar. And uh, he um, was a good player himself at Perry, uh, went to work at uh, Ford Motor Company, but then stopped working because he missed basketball. And he he walked on to the NBC Tech program, which now is UNOH, had a Hall of Fame career. And then when he got out, had a job at ODOT as a technical engineer for a number of years, but he's just given so much back to the community and very unselfish. He's done a lot of things, was one of the original founders of Lima team basketball, though he wasn't the founder, he was just one of them. But over the course of time, he's spent a lot of time helping young athletes uh, develop. He also spends a lot of time now preparing ex-college players who want to stay in shape and get better to, to advance into the professional ranks. Mm. He trains them as well. He's trained some really good players. And uh, he, he just did a lot. For years, he had a band that he would fill up with players from the area that he thought were under-recruited. And he'd drive them out to Kansas City to this one showcase that was for 
last chance seniors. Just yeah. to, and he, he, a number of them went out there and got scholarships, uh, including Clay Tucker, who had no offers. But after he got out there, he was offered by Wisconsin Milwaukee a scholarship. He walked on there, redshirted a year, and then went on to have this fabulous career. Then spent like 15 or 16 years in Europe professionally. And he owes a lot of that to Radar, and he talks about it very highly. So I, I enjoyed writing that that uh, that article about Radar, and uh, I know that he was hoping to spread a little bit of that, uh, that attention around a little more, but that wasn't the purpose. I wanted the sunshine yeah. on Radar. And well-deserved. Uh, just a tremendous guy, a humble guy, and uh, one of those guys that you always feel better after you talk to. He's a he's a tremendous guy and had a great, uh, if you can, I guess you could call it that, a, a great industrial league career. He could, his name was Radar because he could stroke it from so far away. Uh, yeah. And I read your article that Curly Baker nicknamed him that, but um, he had a beautiful he's shot. He's still student. Radar is in probably as good a shape right now as he was when he was 18 years old. He's amazing. It, it's he, it's he, admirable. I, I've he, seen him at UNOH working out, and it he, is amazing. He himself as he's training the other guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, good on him. Uh, and then you had an article uh, about uh, the 1948 St. Rose team that now has uh, a lot of legacy in it. Uh, how would you describe that? I, you know, I've got a website that I can go and look up newspapers from the past all yeah. over the state. And just out of curiosity, I, I looked up uh, my birthday, April 1st, 1948. And I thought, I wonder what's on the sports page. And I looked and here it was a story about St. Rose getting ready to play in the state tournament. So I then just forwarded each day to see the different articles. And when I got to Sunday, there was a picture of the team right after they lost the state championship game. And I could tell by the look in their faces, they were just exhausted. Hmm. But, and, you know, they were disappointed, but you could see the kind of pride in their, their eyes. And, and that sparked me because I, as I looked at that picture, I started looking at the different guys and I realized that these young guys all played a role in my life at, at, at some point or another. Yeah. They, they, they helped me in my coaching. And as I was growing up, one of them was a bus driver for me when I was a kid. One of them was my first coach, Ron Williams, Tom Williams, who played on that team, was a very valuable assistant to me. And uh, Johnny Mulcahy and Johnny O'Connor all, all played role, big roles in my life. And then their sons and, and nephews and cousins, yeah. it, it just spread out like a cobweb all over the place. And it all kind of, to me, went right back to that picture. So yeah. the column on that team was inspired by my just looking at that picture and realizing the effect that those young kids had on my life as they grew up and became leaders, not only, you know, in, in, in athletics, but they became leaders in their neighborhood and in their church community and in their school community, that type of thing. And you see that a lot, Matt, with great teams that, that go down the road, uh, like my 2010 team, for example, you don't just have one alpha dog leader mm -hmm. on great teams. You got a bunch of leaders, yeah, and and they can impact way beyond their athletic experience, and that's what happened with the 1948 state champion, the state runner-up team. Their impact has been felt in waves coming through the decades. Yeah, uh, that's uh, boy, that's poignant. Uh, well done, both of those articles. Uh, okay, last couple of things here. Um, Kirk Lehman, uh, the former uh, Defiance uh, state champ. Uh, uh, and longtime coach there, great player at Ohio University. He said he'd been involved with the WBL since the early 1970s. 
and the best player he ever saw was Dakota Mathias. Um, I asked Tyson McLaughlin, the great uh, former Titan and now head coach at, at uh, Ottawa Glandorf and former uh, University of Finley Oiler, last week on my show, um, I shared with him Kirk Lehman's thoughts of a couple years ago about Dakota Mathias, and I said, how would you describe George Mangus in that situation as a all-time great WBLer? And he paused for a moment, and then he said, well, he's he's the most unique player that I've ever seen. And then he went on to compliment him and so forth. So, you know, Kirk Lehman, you know, and I'm not asking you to rank anybody. I'm just saying Kirk Lehman made that statement uh, a few years ago on my program. And, and then I was asking Tyson McLaughlin, who was very complimentary of him, uh, how do you describe George Mangus? I think indescribable is not, not a bad way to describe him because he does not fit into a pigeonhole. I mean, really, he is his own player. And I, and I think the most unique aspect of Mangus, and I've seen him play two or three, four times now, is uh, the chip that he has on his shoulder. And, uh, and, you know, people will think, well, what's that got to do with it? It's got a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, and watch Tom players, Brady in the Super Bowl, right? It, great players have a chip on their shoulder. And yeah. It's one of the things I think that young high school players that are really good when they go to college – they don't understand that right away. You know, they're playing against older guys that have, if they haven't had it, developed the chip on their shoulder. He's already got it. And so he plays with a kind of passion uh, that you don't see a lot at that level. And, uh, and his game, I, I keep thinking Larry Bird, simply because Larry Bird, you know, you see him warm up maybe, you know, and you go, well, you know, he's okay. But then he'd get in the game and he would just dominate a game. Well, the same thing with you know, Magus, if you watch them warming up before a game and, and somebody said, okay, pick out the great player, I don't think everybody would pick out George Magnus. Yeah. But two minutes into the game, they're going to pick him out yeah. because he's going to make an impact. And uh, I just think he's uh, been a terrific player. And uh, um, a player, I think that uh, it would be fun to coach because he brings it. He brings it every night. I have never yeah. seen him practice, but I got a feeling he play, he practices According to Coach Triplett, that's indeed how he uh, practices. Indescribable. All right, that's a new one, uh, and I like that. Uh, All right, lastly, I mentioned Dakota Mathias. He had a nice little run here uh, early on in the uh, NBA basketball season, the uh, start of the season. Started with the Philadelphia 76ers, had some great games, had a game winner that uh, pushed him over the top. And uh, unfortunately, he was uh, waived by the Sixers uh, just uh, about uh, 10 days ago or so. Um, your thoughts on uh, Lima Lander, who graduated from high school here, playing in the NBA? Well, I, I was watching the Cavs game when he got in, you know, that first night, and I didn't even know he was on the 76ers. So I'm watching, all of a sudden, I'm, he, the guy comes out of the cross, that looks like Dakota. And then the yeah. guy mentions Dakota, and he mentioned Vince, and he talked about him, and he got off that game. I, I jumped right out of my seat. Yeah. I was so excited. And uh, it was great to see, um, you know, he played eight games. At the same number of games that John McCullough played for the Phoenix Suns when he he played. But Matthias actually started a game, won a game with a three. And so I think like everybody else, at least in this area, I thought, well, he's going to stick. Because the one thing that Sixers are desperately in need of is somebody who can stretch that defense for their bigs to, you know, get some room. But either for financial reasons or some of the guards they had already that were in COVID that, that you know, they, they rated higher, I guess. 
they, they've uh, waived him. What happens now to him, I don't know. But uh, I, I would just delighted that he got that experience, and I don't think he's done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's put a lot into this, and I'm sure what he did when he did get the chance to play, even though I think he only hit about 32% from three, which is a little bit below what they want it to be, he is such a worker and such a you know IQ player off the bench and great teammate that I think he'll get another chance. I sure hope so. Uh, that was a lot of fun to see him, and I, I agree in that uh, – the game that you were referring to with the Cavaliers, as I watched him run baseline and come out to the wing, I'm like, well, that's Dakota because of how you could just tell. I've watched him so many times that uh, I was able to tell. We wish him well. Uh, Coach, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, go to the – if you're around town, we can go to the Lima Senior LCC game on February 6th together, and uh, I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much for your time today, and uh, really appreciate it. Great insight uh, on Lima Seniors history, on, on everything else. Uh, this uh, presentation was presented by Westgate Entertainment Center. Uh, if you haven't had their pizza, time is now. After a game, before a game, the Super Bowl, Westgate Entertainment Center uh, is your place for pizza. Uh, Seg, thanks very much. I really appreciate okay, it. Enjoyed appreciate it. it. You talk, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Take care.